All right. Good afternoon, everybody. It's 3.24 p.m. on April 1st. Um, this is episode 19 of the Amazing Marvel podcast. Um, it's been months since I've done this. Again, kind of take big breaks in between, uh, in between movies. I, uh, I have to say that, of course, and I've said it before, that, that one of the biggest like vibes for me is whenever like a Spider-Man or Spider-Man related film comes out. And that's that's when I do most of my talking. Um, and it's funny, a lot has changed since November. I've moved around. I've changed jobs. Um, it's been good. It's been really cool. And uh, just recently, uh, today actually, um, and I've, I've shared my podcast with a good number of people, but I, I've kind of been inspired to get back into it. Um, it's just, I don't know. I uh, shout out to all the students that I've had in this past week. They've kind of, uh, I'm a sub in case that wasn't clear. I'm, well, I'm a teacher to a degree, but um, probably going to get my certification in teaching at some point. So that's kind of a big step for me. Um, hoping it happens in the next year. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a substitute teacher. And I work with a lot of different kids, and I kind of, they, you know, I wore a Marvel shirt today, and I kind of made it known that I had a podcast, and it was pretty cool. Um, hopefully, you know, everybody's enjoying it. I, I know there's a lot of fans of Marvel in the classes that I teach, so um, everybody seemed pretty enthused by it. So, yeah, I, um... I, I, and of course, you know, what timing too, uh, Morbius just came out yesterday. Despite the reviews, I went ahead and saw the film for my own, own opinion. I, I really, you know, that's, I can't really go off of what other people said, rather just kind of get my own, um, viewpoint on how the movie turns out. And honestly, I mean, it, I don't think it was as bad as people have said it is. But again, it's one of those things where it, it's a film that definitely needs a lot of work. Um, a lot of what people said about it was true, but at the same time, um, I feel like small glimmers of areas in this film have p potential to do um, pretty cool things. It's just they really need a good team behind it, and I feel like they're still they still haven't achieved that, and that it's just scary. It's ha you know between Venom, Venom was good. Venom was the best out of these spin-off films, in my opinion. Um, Let There Be Carnage was incredible. Like, I think at first I was very enthused about the fact that it was going to be a shorter film, but it felt super rushed. I think I talked about that in my last podcast episode. Um, and then Morbius was just like, it just it is another step lower, another rung lower on the ladder of, you know, being a good spin-off from the Spider-Man universe, I guess. Um, but overall, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was the worst. I do think that, you know, again, given the right group of people to work on the film, it could be better. Um, whether it's sequels or wherever this universe is going to go. Speaking of which, um, I think 
You know, it's funny. I think the last, yeah, the last podcast episode was November. I don't think I've talked about No Way Home yet. And, oh my god, No Way Home was incredible. It was like one of the best, it's probably, it's it's up there. It's up there with Spider-Verse, um, up there with the original Spider-Mans. It's, it's very good. It's definitely a deep dive on the character of Peter Parker. It ends in a way that I've never seen any movie, really. It's a very... I would say it's a very brave, courageous ending to, you know, it's been out for months now, so I'm just going to say that it was really interesting how they kind of gave Peter Parker a clean slate by erasing him from everybody's minds. I think that's a really cool concept. Um, So that's pretty cool. I am curious to see where this clean slate is going to take Peter Parker into, I'm assuming, his college years. It'll be really interesting to see that play out. It's gonna, I mean, I've heard that there's gonna be a tonal change. And of course, seeing the other Spider-Men was amazing. I'm, I'm really hoping that we do see Tobey Maguire at least one more time in Multiverse of Madness, which is coming out in a month. Um, and we also, oh my gosh, Andrew made such a big comeback. And I'm really excited to see if he is the Spider-Man in this Sony like Sony's own universe where Venom's happening and Morbius is happening. Um, I really think that'd be, that's honestly one of the best fits, but there is also another option, which I will get to later. That's kind of what I want to talk about today on the podcast. I think there's a very important, um, especially with how Morbius ended. I don't really want to get too much into too much detail. Of course, it it, it always connects back to Spider-Man. Morbius is a character that was featured in Spider-Man comics as was Venom. Venom is kind of like a product of Spider-Man in a way, Um, at least in the comics. Of course, Venom did its own take on, you know, how Eddie Brock became Venom. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at some point they do have to tether it to some Spider-Man. So, today I'm going to give you kind of a breakdown of what I think could happen going forward. Um, I kind of formulated this throughout my day today my downtime. Um, I do want to lead with something though. I think that, I truthfully think that a good way for the MCU's new trilogy to culminate is at some point, because we've seen Ned use whatever kind of magic he has, and we've, you know, seen him talk to the other Peters about how the best friend becomes the enemy um, situation. I just, it's it's kind of lining things up for Ned to somehow become the Hobgoblin. Because in the comics, Ned Leeds does become the Hobgoblin. I do think that it's entirely possible in this new trilogy for that to happen. I think that this, the magic that he has... Whatever, I don't know, you know, what whatever Doctor Strange, whatever spell he cast, I feel like Ned could have some work around with that. And I don't know how it's going to affect him, if it's going to be traumatic at all, if, you know, Peter's going to be more invested in restoring Mary Jane's memories than he is Ned's. I don't know how that's going to work. But I do think that between the magic... Um, between the, um, you know, the fact that he was, that the best friend is hinted to become evil, um, and, you know, especially since Ned 
MJ, and Peter all were going to go to MIT. I think they all have some sort of technological background. Like, they, they all want to, you know, do something technical. Um, so, who knows what Ned could do in the future. I think it's a very interesting setup. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think it'll be intriguing. I think that if we delve deep into that and we have a very, something similar to the whole Harry Osborn thing, not the Amazing Spider-Man Harry Osborn, which I will also talk about today, um, something along the lines of the James Franco Harry Osborn turning into the Green Goblin, but something that's more concrete in terms of making him a villain. So we'll see how that plays out. I do think that th that could be the that could be a solid culmination because I mean even at the end of No Way Home, I think Peter does linger on Ned too, and we know that I mean we have an inclination that MJ will somehow you know and you could tell the you could see the magic between the two of them. You could still see the the chemistry, the energy there. That could definitely come back. Um, but as for Ned, I don't exactly know what's going to happen. Um, and I think they've left that purpose, purposefully ambiguous. And another thing too, is that, you know, this, this, the entire trilogy in the MCU, we've seen, you know, Ned and Peter work on this whole, you know, Star Wars Lego diorama. And one thing that's in focus at the end of No Way Home is the Lego piece of Palpatine. And I have to wonder if maybe that's another subtle hint at the fact that Ned could turn evil. Um, I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have a very, <laughs> with all the, all the evidence there, I feel like it's definitely a very plausible, uh, scenario. However, that, uh, I, the, the main thing that I'm talking about today, um, especially in the wake of Morbius coming out, um, I think it's important to talk about is where the Sony universe is going and how they're going to, um, continue this universe. So... I have this story outline one page thing that I wrote up today uh, that I entitled The Web Outside of the Greater Universe. The Greater Universe being the MCU and the web that's being woven outside of that, um, which would be the Sony Universe. So, after the events that have transpired, which is No Way Home, um, Eddie Brock is going to New York to find Spider-Man, which is basically the attitude I think he has at the end of No Way Home before he moves from the MCU back into the Sony universe. Um, that's, that's kind of his mentality. And what's interesting, too, is... I'm just going to start off by saying, I think at, at first glance, at initial thoughts, I do believe that the Spider-Man that is in the Sony universe that we're going to be focusing on, because I did mention that Tobey Maguire will probably appear at least one more time, in Multiverse of Madness, especially since it's a Sam Raimi film. Um, I do think Andrew Garfield is the main Peter Parker of this universe. Um, that being said, you know, I've noticed too, re-watching Venom and thinking back to Let There Be Carnage, there's a lot of Eddie's story that mirrors Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. Um... I guess, I mean, the first one, it was kind of about where these things originate. Andrew had his conflict with Oscorp, you know, and then the Lizard. I guess you could say that Eddie has conflict with the Life Foundation, and that came to a head as well. The second one, it was kind of a matter of, you know, DNA 
And I guess, you know, Venom was connected to Carnage because of blood. Andrews Peter, Harry, Osborne needed his blood. Um, and even just, like, down to the saving the love interest from a very high height, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I think Eddie saving Anne at the church and Andrews Peter saving Gwen at the clock tower, those scenes are like, I mean, of course, both are have different, you know, weights to them. But I feel like it's a lot of it is mirrored in each other. So I just think that looking at that, it's it's curious. I've heard some things that, like, cinematography-wise, the color tones match between universes. Um, I've heard, I think I heard that from The Real Rejects. Uh, there's a lot of things, I mean, of course, I don't really like to <laughs> incorporate other things, but it's just, like, other aspects that kind of speak to what I'm trying to get across in terms of how these universes are connected. Um, so, Eddie Brock is going to New York to find Spider-Man. I'm assuming this might be Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but I have another option that I'm getting to later. Um, so the symbi Okay, so another thing. The symbiote's hive mind dates back to its original encounter with Spider-Man, meaning there is going to be, somehow, because the Venom symbiote basically states this at the end of Venom Let There Be Carnage, that basically all of the, ven the, the symbiotes, they operate on a hive mind across multiple universes. So I have to think that, you know, whether it's... Venom absorbing the Carnage symbiote. Of course, the Carnage symbiote is more ravenous. It's more savage. Um, you know, who knows if the spawn that was left at the bar is the one in the MCU is the one that's going to attach to Peter and then become a little bit more sinister in the way it you know, the way it operates. I mean, this isn't, this might not be the original Venom symbiote. It might be just almost like a carnage, like an offspring sort of. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I do think that if they're really, if, you know, the more concrete option to go with is that this symbiote that this Eddie Brock has is somehow connected to the one that the original in the 2007 Spider-Man 3 film, the original Topher Grace's Eddie Brock that symbiote is connected to the one that the current Eddie Brock is wearing, um, is, is bonded with. So, I mean, it's important that they, they probably should at least, like, not explicitly reference it, but more closely reference the fact that maybe those two symbiotes were connected. And that's why, um, what was it, that's why he recognizes, you know, the MCU Peter Parker or Spider-Man. I mean, the suit, that the those are visual cues to, you know, if I see someone in the same suit, that's basically what all the villains in No Way Home thought. So, um, so that was pretty clever the way they did that. I don't really know exactly the way to explain it, but I, I'd say that the hive mind across the universes is a really good, a good solid way of explaining it. They just need to, if they're going to incorporate it in this way, it's going to be, it's got to be more explicit. Um, and saying, you know, I remember this because a handful of years ago in a different universe, this happened. Um, so there's that. Um, that and that's kind of where the Venom situation is left. 
I think that, um, I, I mean, what I'm going for is more geared towards the future films are coming out with. And I think Venom could show up in this big, huge crossover that I'm going to get to in just a minute. Um, again, it could be too many villains, but there's a lot of potential with all the characters I'm going to mention going forward. So, in New York, now keeping in mind, if this is in the Amazing Spider-Man universe, this is what could possibly happen. The Osborn lineage has died off, leaving Oscorp to be bought by another company, industry, whatever, possibly Horizon Labs. Horizon Labs was featured in Morbius. Um, so that's a possibility, and Oscorp was also featured in Morbius. So Oscorp could still keep its name, but the building could undergo reconstruction. The owners of Oscorp could change. Who knows if there's another member of the family? Maybe the lineage isn't died off, hasn't died off. But um, I don't... I really think that they should end the Osborne situation. Just stop bringing in Norman and Harry. That We've done them enough. I think that it's important. I mean, the Osbournes, both of them, end up... I know, it's, you know not, in comics, nothing's ever permanent, but I think Harry should kind of succumb to either his madness or whatever disease that he had, retroviral hyperplasia or whatever it was called in Amazing Spider-Man 2, that should, you know, he should succumb to that and we should kind of nix the whole Osborne situation, especially if we get Hobgoblin and Ned. So, what I think is going to happen, say Oscorp does get bought out, whatever projects they were working on kind of gets scrapped. If everybody remembers, if you've seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, you know that at the end there is a character with a hat and like a trench coat and he's a character that I think in other iterations of the story got a lot of villains together. This character is named The Gentleman. So, I have a theory that The Gentleman salvages what he can from the Oscorp that he, you know, once knew. Some of the things, I mean, of course, Rhino already has his costume or whatever, that, if that's still sticks if that's still the same i really didn't enjoy paul giamatti's rhino i don't know if they can work on that or if they can re you know rework it a little bit but but i do think that one of the things he definitely does take i think they lose that i mean again another thing they should stop doing Otto octavius that that ship has sailed Otto, i think is i don't think they need to keep including dr octopus i have i do have some sort of suitable replacement for Doc Ock, especially in a possible other story that I see happening later on. Um, I think they should get rid of, yeah, the, you know, the, you know, the octopus mechanical arms at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, that should be, that should be lost. But the vulture wings, the gentleman should salvage the vulture wings. And given the fact that, you know, the gentleman has been keeping tab, you know, he's staying focused in this universe. I don't know what his motivations are or what, you know, I don't know what he's doing for for Harry. I don't know if he's going to have some special connection to uh, the Harry Osborne or the Norman Osborne of this universe, but I'm, you know, his motivations are unclear right now, but I think that he's a good contender to bring everybody together. 
So he'll salvage the vulture wings, right? So I think if he salvages the vulture wings, um, he can give them to this brand new resident of this universe, Adrian Toomes. Um, of course, he gives them to Adrian Toomes. I think that it'd be important for them to kind of have a give and take, maybe. Um, you know, the Vulture can have a little bit bit of free will in this universe, but at the end of the day, if the gentleman calls on him, he should be at his beckoning call. So, along with that, of course, we have the first recruit of Rhino. Again, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But, of course, we've seen in previews and in the movie itself that there were newspaper um, headlines of characters like Black Cat and characters like Chameleon. Now, I'll get to the Chameleon later, but Black Cat has been featured. Felicia was an assistant to Harry Osborn in Amazing Spider-Man 2. She definitely has the potential to keep going, and the gentleman can offer her a spot on his, you know, whatever criminal conglomerate that he's building um, with, you know, whatever he salvages from Oscorp. So... Felicia Hardy can easily become the black cat. Um, I also think that since Vulture found his way into this um, into this universe, I do think that okay. Well, let's. I'm gonna go back to this right now. I do think that since everybody forgot who Peter Parker was, they just remember Spider Man. It could stand to reason that Vulture has a vendetta against Spider-Man because, for one, he ruined his business, and two, he separated him from his family, especially bringing him to a brand new world. So he has to find a way to get back. That could be another possible storyline, finding a way to get back to his home universe. So we'll, But that's not really what I'm focusing on right now. I think that that'll come down the line, but I think bring, bringing these characters into the Sony-verse sets up an interesting possible story which I, I am getting to um i do think the shocker and scorpion could come over too i think that these characters having already met and become villains from interacting with spider-man they are ousted into this new universe and they find their way as outcasts hired by the gentleman to you know cause crime and maybe rob banks to fund whatever it is they're planning. Um, I think that's pretty, it'll, it'll set things up really well, and I feel like if they could do that throughout any possible movies that they're making, um, again, this is, I mean, this is just kind of like a fantasy of mine. It's just something that I dreamt up today. So I do think that also, let's see. So yeah, Vulture, Shocker, all new recruits. Yeah, Vulture, Shocker, Scorpion are all new recruit, well, Black Cat, Vulture, and Shocker, and Scorpion, um, recruits that assist him, and he, in turn, provides for them. So provides them with the equipment they need. You know, the wings, the suits, whatever is salvaged from Oscorp after whatever happened. Um, let's see. Or, who knows, maybe the gentleman took over Oscorp. That, those, are, those are all other options. Um, let's see. Um, so, again, Craven's hunt has yet to be seen, as well as Chame Chameleon's part on it. So, Chameleon, you know, being, I think, I forget if he's his half-brother, whatever, or cousin, or something like that, Chameleon is supposed to be 
in the Craven movie. And the Craven movie, I mean, I was looking back at it today, has such a great cast. Again, I really hope the creative team behind it is doing a good job with it because I think they've started production a little over a week ago. So, but I think given the fact that majority of these villains or characters, I guess, I don't know if they're all fully villains, um, you know, we got Black Cat, Morbius, Vulture, Rhino, Scorpion, I'm just naming all of them. They're all very animalistic. They're very animalistic villains. So, I mean, we already kind of have a lineup for a Sinister Six with all of them. Um, let's see. So, I think that if they're going to finally end Spider-Man once and for all, it would be interesting if they ended up somehow getting Spider-Man... And this happens in the comics. It's, it's more about just the conflict between Spider-Man and Venom. But he's brought to this island. I think it's Isla de Huesos. It's a tropical island in the Caribbean. Um, at first, for some reason, I was thinking about Savage Land. Savage Land is kind of being teased in, I, from, I believe it's being teased in Doctor Strange. Um, but I also think it's, I discovered that it's, I think, a Fox property, not a Sony one. So Savage Land might not be a way to go, but this, whatever island it can be, it would be nice to kind of put all of these animalistic people, villains, characters, whatever you want to call them, on this island and somehow get Peter Parker there, if it's Andrew's Peter Parker, or another theory that I have, um, you know, the gentlemen in Craven work with each other, I think, you know, that'd be pretty cool. And you can see Morbius, Scorpion, Rhino. I mean, maybe not Rhino. I don't know. We'll see about that. But again, all of the villains that I've mentioned, they all end up going on this island. We get our ver a version of the Sinister Six. I Again, I don't know what certain character motivations are going to be like. Morbius has really no reason to be, you know, angry at Spider-Man. I, I want to see, you know, whatever part of the black suit attaches to Spider-Man, whether it's Andrew, Tom, or whatever, it needs to be reclaimed by Eddie, Venom, and it needs to have the emblem on it. Because <laughs> like, I feel like everybody's waiting for that. It's such a small thing, but I feel like it's, it's intrinsic to the character. Because the character, I mean, again, as I said before, it's more of a product of Spider-Man, but they found a decent way to deviate from that. Um... What else? What else? Um, so yeah, I just think that it would be a good build-up and they would have to find a way to really, you know, I've, of course I've explained it the way I've explained it, but they would need a, a solid way to make it all make sense at the end of the day. Um, because lately, especially with Morbius, they haven't done a good job at really connecting things all together. Um, I do think that instead of Andrew, this is another option. Andrew, I feel like, hasn't gotten his due on screen. I think he has a lot more potential, especially with No Way Home. I do think that Miles is another option. Is another, is another Spider-Man that could be the Spider-Man of this universe, this Sony-verse. Um, but... Um, if, and if we are going to bring Miles to the forefront in live action in this universe, I'm going to go back to what I was saying about how Doc Ock should be done. 
But there's another character that I feel would be interesting to see take over the mind of a certain Peter Parker. In a story beyond that of the, you know, whatever island and the whatever Sinister Six team, whatever, is going to try to take down Spider-Man, it would be interesting to see Mysterio return. I feel like we've seen Vulture come back. Mysterio... Mysterio is mysterious. That's his whole shtick. I feel like Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal, could possibly still be alive. And if he is, he is brought into the Sony-verse. And... Um, I think it would be interesting to see if we could somehow, because in the comics, Doc Ock does take over Spider-Man's brain to become Superior Spider-Man. I think it'd be interesting to see um, Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal, come back to some degree as himself, but also we can see the range that Andrew Garfield has in the way that he acts. Because, of course, if a villain is taking over a hero's brain, that hero is going to act a little different. So I feel like Andrew Garfield could possibly deliver a performance in which he is more a little bit more villainous. And not only that, but he's going up against Miles. Of course, we don't know where Miles is going to end up at the end of Across the Spider-Verse, because it's two parts. And I think everybody really, really wants Miles to show up in live action. I don't know if it's going to be the MCU. I don't know if it's going to be in the Sony-verse. But I do think that there's a lot of potential. They just got to do it the right way. So, I mean, that's my whole story about what I think is going to happen. I think they could easily form a solid Sinister Six with a brand new slate of villains. I don't think they should retread back to the old villains. I think we have, you know... We, Vulture's making a comeback. Morbius is there. I don't know how he's going to be motivated. Um, but we have, you know, Black Cat, Craven. I feel like everybody's either motivated by their own motivations. Craven's the hunt. Of course, Black Cat, you know, she's probably trying to make ends meet after she lost her job with Oscorp, after it went under. Um, or if the gentleman, you know, reclaimed everything. Whatever the case may be, it'll be interesting to see that play out. Um, of course, I would like to see Shocker return if he gets transported to the Sony-verse as well. Um, and Scorpion. I think everybody wants Scorpion too. Scorpion could possibly stay in the MCU. Of course, that's entirely possible too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's kind of like my lineup for, for a Sinister Six and where I think it could go. Because I think at this point, you know... They need to, whoever, I don't know, and I don't know, I, that's the thing too, I don't know Andrew Garfield's, Peter Parker's story. Um, we know that he got rageful and he stopped pulling his punches. We don't know how that happened, if he somehow stumbled across the Venom symbiote, if, you know, who knows if the Life Foundation was the first organization to get the Venom symbiote. I mean, we saw a case file in Oscorp's files of Venom. And who knows if the Life Foundation isn't the first laboratory to be experimenting with the symbiote maybe it's the one symbiote that has that does really well with bonding that has been worked over has been like experimented with prior to and maybe the life foundation is getting 
you know, who knows if it's getting, maybe it's getting one that came from space or maybe it's getting one that's been worked on. There's a lot of intricacies that could be factoring in to the greater story. Again, I don't want to get too complex. I don't want to get too convoluted because it could get confusing. They would have to find a good way to explain all of it. But um, aside from that, there's been a lot of announcements for new shows. I mean, Moon Knight, Moon Knight, the first episode was amazing. It was really good. Um, I, I, I dig the whole mental break situation. I, I, it's a new type of character we're seeing. It's entering new realms of how we're going to tell a story, how Marvel's going to tell a story. And of course, as that show progresses, if there's anything that really speaks to me about, you know, the character and about the events that happen, I'm going to, I'll come back on and I'll record another episode. It'll be my 20th episode, which is pretty cool. Um, of course, we have a lot going forward. We got Miss Marvel. We got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That'll be a very big talking episode for sure. I'll probably go on for an hour about that. Um, but I kind of just want to give you guys my rundown of what I think another, where, where I think the Sony universe could go. And hopefully if they, you know, play their cards right, everything can be developed the right way. I mean, the only character we really need to develop is, is, you know, we, we have the Craven movie coming out, whatever, you know, sinister movie we're going to get, we could see the development of characters like Black Cat. Maybe we could see more of Scorpion. But as for the other characters, we've seen a good amount of them. Maybe we could see how certain character motivations change or where where they go and how the gentleman kind of entices everybody to join up and to try to capture Spider-Man. Whether they're going to kill him or just capture him to do more experimenting with Spider-Man. Um, whether it's Andrew or My or Andrew's Peter or just some form of Miles, whoever's going to take on that role. And again, I would I would really love to see Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, come back in some way. Whether it's you know him taking over Spider-Man's brain or him doing something completely different. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that for now because my computer isn't weird. My computer dies way too quickly, so I'm gonna um, finish off for now. I'm gonna plug my computer in and get this episode uploaded so everybody can tune in and check it out. And hopefully, you'll be hearing from me pretty soon because I'm kind of excited to get back on this. So um, everybody had a, have a great weekend. Hope you had a great Friday. Um, yeah, and I'll be back soon. All right. Keep, uh, keep dreaming. Keep, keep uh, living up to Excelsior. <laughs> um, have a good weekend, guys.